Merritt Street, we're building a new morning show where our guiding principle is to always value your time. We'd love for you to join us. Be part of our community. Each morning will be packed full of news, information, advice, and a lot of fun. And we promise we'll never waste your time. I'm Dominique Soxa. I'm Fanchon Stinger. Join us for Morning on Merritt Street. 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central. Essential television. Just a little bit each day can make a huge difference. Plan your work and work your plan. Stick to something that's effective. Do something you enjoy. Now it's sustainable. Well, hey, welcome back to Fill in the Blanks. Very special day for me because I've got two very long-time close friends. These guys are really more family than friends. They're here for a specific reason. Let me introduce to you somebody you're going to enjoy hearing from, Dr. Patrick DeFazio. Pat was born and raised in Niagara Falls on the Canadian side, the Ontario side. He completed his pre-med studies at Brock University in Canada and received his Bachelor of Science degree from the University of the State of New York. He graduated with honors in 1988 from Parker University College of Chiropractic in my hometown, Dallas, Texas. I actually have a honorary doctorate from Parker College of Chiropractic. He was the founding father, director of athletics, and also served on the Academic Standards Committee. He's a supervising doctor for the University of Health Sciences in Los Angeles. He currently resides in Los Angeles. He plays ice hockey. He used to. I think he's kind of smartened up, probably caught too many pucks in the head. (laughs) Weight lifts, hikes. He really is experienced in treating sports injuries, which is one of the things we're going to talk about today. He's got patients in all the professional sports, NFL, NHL, MLB, PGA, and we'll talk about his approach in just a minute. Also with me is my good friend, Dave Fabrizio. He's a physical therapist. His physical therapy and sports medicine career started in the United States Air Force. He graduated cum laude from Cleveland State University with a Bachelor of Science in Physical Therapy. He did internships at the top medical facilities in the Cleveland area, including the Cleveland Clinic Foundation, and he treats all kinds of populations, acute, cardiac, neurological patients, orthopedic, sports medicine as well. He was selected as one of the two physical therapists at the Great Lakes, what was the whole name of that? Great Lakes Regional Rehab Center. Yeah, Yeah. up there, and he's qualified to teach biomechanics, ergonomics, and back school. I was really impressed that He's got a 1,000 hours in athletic training rooms across the country in both college with high school athletics and has a real diverse and in-depth understanding of kinesiology and abnormal movement patterns. He's a master weightlifter, certified strength coach through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. He's devoted to continuing education. He's done everything you can do to stay with the science of what he's doing. So welcome, both of you. I'm glad you guys are sitting down Thank with you. me today. Thank, Thank you. You all have gone at this from a scientific standpoint. And I wanted to talk to you because we're at the top of the year, 2023. And the number one resolution is what? Everybody wants to be healthy, live a healthier life, start exercising. People say that, but then they don't stick with it. Or they say it and they overdo it and they injure themselves. And right now, you see people get off the couch, have heart attacks, shoveling snow. Come spring, you see people get off the couch and get into softball leagues. They pull hamstrings. They blow out knees. They do all sort of things like that. Now we've got pickleball, which I'm a big fan. I think pickleball is a great thing, get people active. But they're getting off the couch and they're blowing out shoulders and all sort of things in pickleball. So I thought it was a good time to talk to people about, let's do this right. We want activity. We want to do it right. Dave, why are people getting injured so much? Well, it's funny you mentioned pickleball because I've had so many patients over the last few years. You probably have too, but, you know, they're they're going into this and, and it's such a fun game that everybody, regardless, because there's there's limited movements, 
So people that are, aren't really great athletes are still able to do it, right? And they love it. But the, but the problem is there has to be a certain level of conditioning going into it so that your, your tendons are able to absorb the force. Like I see a lot of rotator cuff inflammation from people because they're, they're basically, uh, they're going at it like crazy with that ball. There's not much weight to the ball and, and they're straining their shoulders. So I think the key is um, if you're gonna if you're gonna try and get into these activities, there's a certain amount of mobility you have to have, flexibility and strength and stability. So doing rotator cuff stuff and some scapular stabilization work, stuff like that, so that your shoulders better able to withstand that. Well, you might as well be talking a foreign language because you say those words like everybody knows what that means, but we don't know <laughs> what that means. And which part? Well, your scapular stabilization. So okay, everybody, do your scapular stabilization. Thanks for tuning in. But what the right, hell well, let me does make, that all mean? Right, let me make it more tangible. In general, when I rehab a shoulder, for example, um, most people want to train, particularly the guys, they want to train pecs and they want to train biceps. They don't think about anything on the backside of the, the, the body, right? So typically I'll tell people, look, do three back exercises for every one chest exercise you do. So you get better balance. You want that posterior chain strong because your scapulae, right? They have to have all the muscles stabilizing them. Okay, you're talking about your shoulder blades. Talking about your shoulder blades, right? Okay. Yes, your shoulder blades. So, so you want those muscles firing effectively, right? The rotator cuff can be really strong, but if you don't have the stability of those, those like the scapular what muscles. You, what should people do? For example, rows and rows at different levels, like a high, a high row, a low row. Um, things can, we call- People don't need to join a gym for this. They can get some tubing or something, right? And put it around a doorknob and pull on it. Sports cords are great. Uh, you could totally take them, take them in the hotel with you. Some actually have a little, a little, uh, a little piece of fabric that you can throw into the door and you close the door and you can just, you can start to do your rows there. When we're talking about rows, we're talking, and I'm not trying to be condescending. I know a lot of people go to gyms and have certain things in their home, but I just want to be clear to people that folks can do simple sort of things to really activate muscles that they don't use every day and keep from injuring themselves in a way they tear something and wind up having to have surgery or become inactive again. And you're talking about something as simple as rows where they can get a piece of tubing, which you can get for 10, 15, 20 bucks or something that you can put around a pole or whatever, and it's got handles on it. And you can do chest rows, waist rows. You pull just like you're rowing a boat. Right. And that activates the muscles in your back. Absolutely. And you can also use that same, that same because they, they typically come with handles. So you can do external rotation and internal rotation, which are your rotator cuff muscles, right? So, yeah. so now you're getting the rotator cuff. You're doing a little rowing. Um, if I were to tell people to go on, like uh, on YouTube, you can find a million videos, but Ys, Ts, reverse flies, all these muscles target the back. Um, and are exceptional to to decrease neck stress, to increase uh, the strength of the of the back in general, and to support the shoulder. Yeah, and Pat, I'm a big fan, obviously, of chiropractic. And a lot of people might think about this from a generation ago, but modern chiropractic is a lot different than it was 30, 40, 50 years ago. You're a big believer in people strengthening their core because you see a lot of back injuries, a lot of back aches, a lot of neck problems and stuff. And what we're talking about keeps people from having those kind of problems. Correct. Right now, we have an incredible amount of scientific evidence to show the benefit of keeping the body as possibly aligned as possible, keeping the flexibility in the body and then the strengthening. When you combine flexibility with strength, it's, it's more difficult to be injured. The body can then be attuned to perform at an optimum level. Now, we've got the average person, like you say, are they a coach potato or are they, you know, an Olympic athlete? So where in the spectrum does that individual fall? Uh, we can be great bodybuilders or great weightlifters, and we can go swim 10 laps, in a, you know, 40 foot long pool, and our, our body's sore as heck for the next two or three days because they're muscles we don't normally use. So what I have found is that at what do you want to perform and is there a little bit of conditioning you can do five, seven minute warm up before you play that activity? We're talking in particular about pickleball. So what, as Dave was the same, what are some exercises we can do to strengthen and also to increase flexibility for that arm? We don't normally 
perform an arm length strain in, in everyday life. So when we're going to do that activity and we put pivot with rotation, you're going to be more prone to injury. If there's some basic exercises, they've said, you know, wise T's and something on YouTube you can look at and or simple basic exercise you do daily. You have now activated those muscles. They have the memory within them. So when you go to perform that activity, such as the pickleball, it's not so strenuous on that arm, not so strenuous on the shoulder or that joint. Less prone to injury. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that's the thing. When we do some of these sports activities, and a lot of people are listening to us right now while they're walking. You know, they're going out for their morning walk. They've got their earbuds in. They've hit podcasts, fill in the blanks, and they're playing while they're walking. Walking is something we do every day. It's an activity of daily living. So that's not an issue. But when they go to play a sport whether it be softball or tennis or pickleball or golf or whatever, you're doing rotations and things. They're not activities of daily living. So we're doing rotations and extensions and things that we don't do every day, and our body is not accustomed to it. Our tendons and our ligaments and our muscles and stuff, we're asking the body to do things it doesn't do every day. And that's where we've got to start doing range of motion, strength and stuff, so we don't wind up injuring ourselves. Exactly. Does five or seven minutes do it? Can you do a warm-up that will get you where you're less likely to get injured? Yes. Uh, w- one thing, the studies show that, that a lot of people try and stretch before they do an activity. If you do a static, traditional stretch before you do activity, typically your performance, you decrease your muscle performance by 30%. What do you mean you decrease your performance by 30%? It will decrease your performance. That's what the literature shows. So, so the bottom line is you want to do more things to warm your body up. Functional lunge, a squat, um, things like that, arm movements. Okay, let's unpack this for a minute. You said a static stretch. Let me tell you what I do. Like, I don't have 30% to give. <laughs> All right? <laughs> let's face it. I play tennis every day, as you all know. Y'all been taking care of me for 20 years. You've kept this body running for 20 years. Thank you very much. And I don't go down and stretch before I play. I go down and step right onto the court, and I just start hitting real slow in the beginning. I might even start out on the service line, and we kind of hit back and forth, and I rotate and turn and hit like quarter speed, half speed, take two, three steps each direction. And then I start warming up. And then when I get some heat, then I start really stretching my muscles. If I do before that, I get nothing yeah. out of it. Well, even just jumping on the bike for five or 10 minutes before you go down to the court, that sounds like a nice progression. You're, you're basically moving into functional movements yeah. versus just like holding a hamstring stretch, right? You're moving into it slowly and gradually. Well, what are you saying that takes 30% of your performance away? What kind of warm-up well, takes 30% away? Just holding a classic hamstring stretch with the strap, uh, things like like that, where or you do a, you do a long sustained calf stretch. What I would say is move more into like uh, um, ankle movements, like like if I were just put my hands on the wall, for example, and I have my foot in front of me. If I slowly glide my body weight forward, you'll start to feel the ankles start to stretch and the and the tendons start to stretch a little bit. So you're just preparing them for the movement, right? If you take you take a cold muscle and cold tendon into a dynamic activity that's fairly aggressive and you're not warm enough, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. And particularly if you've not been training, your tendons are weak, you don't have joint mobility, your joint capsules are tight, that's where 
like Pat, Pat was saying earlier, the mobility and flexibility stuff go hand in hand. And if you got the strength to go with it, your 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 incidence of injury will drop drastically. You agree with what he's saying, or is he gooning us? <laughs> no, I, I agree with what he's saying. It's kind of like what, even though what you're saying, specifically related to tennis. Okay, your body is used to those range of motions. You've been play play over 300 days a year yeah. tennis. So when you're going out there turning and rotating the ball, for you that's okay. For a person who's never played pickleball, if they might go out and start hitting, it might not be so effective for them. Now, if they were perhaps warm up, go for a walk, five, seven minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, increase your body metabolism then perform those stretches, then perform the activity, they're less prone to injury. You don't necessarily have to do that because your body's been conditioned to that activity. As you said, activities of daily living. What are you doing normally? Walking, you know, north-south instead of an east-west lateral movement? Your body is used to the rotation and lateral movement playing tennis. But I'm easing into it. I might turn 10 degrees for a few minutes, then I go 20 degrees, then 30 degrees, then 40 degrees, and then I look like a cartoon. I'm just wrapping it up. But you're saying glide into this. You're being let the joints move laterally in every direction instead of just holding a static stretch. So tell me specifically what people should not do. Define static stretch. You said hold a hamstring stretch. That's one thing. That's not good. Basically, what, what, versus telling them not what to do, what I would tell them to do is slowly do a squat and slowly get deeper and deeper into your squat as you warm up work on some lunges, work on some arm movements, even arm circles, and just slowly make them bigger. So you're, you're, you're kind of tuning your body. Okay, so you're waking up the capsules. Exactly. Instead uh, of what? What are people doing? You said hold a hamstring stretch. Yeah, they might just, they might, they might grab, they might grab the, the, the ankle and pull the heel to the butt and do a 30-second quad stretch, for example. Okay. Right? I'm dis- I would discourage that. That stuff should come after you finish the activity. I'm not saying you shouldn't stretch. I like stretching. A lot of people are into to not stretching now and just working on functional mobility, uh, which is fine. But I, I still believe in having stretching and mobility work together. But the static, more traditional stretches of holding that hamstring, pulling that heel to your butt, do that after the activity. Well, a lot of guys I play with are guys that have been on the tour, and they'll stretch for a good while after we play. They're loose and all in... Then they'll get down and they're like nose to their knees and they'll do all kinds of stretches afterwards. And I ask them why they do it. because I'll pay for it later if I don't. So they stretch when they're really the most warm and it's not as painful then. Okay, so both of you are saying that what people should do is start before they do their activity, they should start to do things that approximate what they're going to do when they do the activity, like shoulder rotations, body turns, lunges, things like that, instead of what they might consider like toe touches or hamstring stretches that are static. Right. Okay. And why does it take away 30% of your performance? Fatigue? That's a good question. Um, um, I, I, I don't know that I can tell you. No, I would say that what happens, like you were saying about the professional athletes or t- uh, tennis players you play, they spend this time stretching afterwards. The benefit of that is to help break through, get the body, the toxins released, and don't let the acidity build up in the muscle tissue in, in, an, active, in an active form. So by them stretching in a passive active form, okay, you're helping to release the toxins, right? So what happens is when you stretch a muscle, and it's cold, okay, it's going to not want to be flexible and it recoils, it recoils back. It's not going to give you the flexibility you need. So if you have a static stretch that's not a functional stretch, I feel personally that that muscle is going to contract and it's not going to be as flexible as it is when it's ready to perform. I still think it'll get some flexibility, but I don't think it's going to perform at a high level. I personally tell my patients, before you're playing golf, ones with bad backs, before you're going to go bike riding, whatever it is, do something that warms up your body minimum eight and a half to 13 minutes where you're starting to break a little bit of a sweat, where you're perspiring a bit. If it means dressing warm, going for a brisk, brisk walk, do biking, dress warm, jackets, sweats, long sleeves, hat, toque, toque on your head, ski hat, warm the body up. Then do your stretches, whether it's functional, even static, because the body's already warm. And then play the activity, whether it's your golf, tennis, pickleball, as we're talking about today, they are less prone to injury just by doing that. Yeah. When we first started working together, Dave, you looked at MRIs of my spine and knees and 
neck and stuff. And after you threw up, you came back in and <laughs> said, you probably shouldn't be playing every day. And then after a while, you said, yeah, I think you should. Because when I didn't, it really stiffened up fast, right? Yeah. So there is something to be said for keeping moving. Yes. I mean, some people really do better if they, you know, don't pound and grind yourself a lot, but people do better if they stay in motion a lot. Yeah, you're 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 a rare animal. Um, very rarely can people do an activity, the same activity, five to six days in a row and do okay. Uh, I found, and I, I kind of had to eat crow on that one because because <laughs> I, I remember I was really adamant, look, three days a week, just go three days a week. And the other days, just let your body recover, which is what we typically tell people, right? You need recuperation time, right? Yeah. But, but I saw with you, um, because you had so much arthritis um, in the spine, in the knees, you did far better um, with the activity more regularly. Uh, by the way, just to touch on this, when you're talking about warmups, um, most movement, or all movement, I should say, starts from just below your belly button, right? So core strengthening um, is essential to all athletic activity, and it can be really good for warming up the joints of the back and the muscles of the back. So if someone does have an issue, like you're saying, like even doing some planks or side planks uh, as part of the warm-up, just to get all those muscles engaged. So you get the joints moving, muscles engaged and activated. Well, that's one of the things I want to talk about because there are so many of these fitness gurus or influencers or whatever on the internet now that I see recommending both nutritional wacko stuff and fitness stuff that is just contradicted by the science, contradicted by kinesiology, contradicted by everything. I wanted you guys to talk some about what are some really solid things that people need to know that they can do that are really grounded in the science that will give them what they need to stay safe and be able to be active. And it really begins with the core, right? So what are some of the best things people can do with the core and do in a way that they don't injure themselves while they're trying to strengthen their core? Right. Do crunches work? Is that a bad thing? Are they pulling on their neck too much when they do that? Should they do it with knees up, knees down? What should they be doing? I've seen that the number one resolution for 23 is to live healthier, exercise more, get more active. I just don't want people getting hurt while they're doing it. So Let's talk about core. What is the best core exercise? I, I personally, my favorite core exercise is the dead bug. Um, so you're on your back, right? Think about pulling the ribs down. You keep your spine really lengthened. And you basically would reach the opposite arm and opposite foot out. So both legs are off the ground. Left leg goes out, right arm goes over the top. And to maintain that without letting the, the low back go into extension, right? So you're maintaining that core work. You're going to isolate your deep abdominals, your obliques, your transverse abdominus, which are really key to stabilization. Um, and also, it's a great time when you keep your elbows extended, you're getting good lengthening of your lats, and you're starting to work on some mobility work as well. All right. Well, let's talk about that so everybody understands it. Dead bug. You're saying on your back like a dead bug, both legs are off the ground, and you extend opposite leg and opposite arm. Exactly. Okay. So start with the knees up at 90 degrees like this, yeah. and then the left leg would go out with the right arm. Okay. And then the right arm, light leg goes out with the left arm. And the key is what you do at your core. Don't let your back cave and, and arch. You have to pull those ribs down and okay. maintain so a lengthened spine. keep your back flat. Yes. And keep your chin drawn in so that you activate the deep neck flexors, which are good for stability in the neck, and you're getting a deep core. Okay. And you've got some pictures of this we can put on the website. Yeah. Sure. So dead bug. And how many times do they need to do it? When it comes to core training, I always believe in increasing the time that you can do the activity. Um, there, there's a spine institute out of, out of San Francisco where they talked about being able to do a dead bug where you progress it to be able to do it five minutes straight. Because you want to build postural muscles have high endurance. So you have to train them in that capacity. So however you train muscles, they will adapt according to what you impose upon them. And you need to do more than your body wants to do 
to get adaptation, which strengthens the tissues. So start with maybe 20 to 30 seconds, and then you progress to 45, to a minute, to a minute and a half. It doesn't matter how many reps, you're just saying. Just quality reps, slow, controlled, not ballistic. One of the things I'm sure you probably agree with this, 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 this idea of fitness today, it's become all about hit programs, this high intensity training. And I'm just seeing so many injuries from it because to do those activities, you have to have a lot of stability and a lot of general strength. And most people don't have that to be performing at that level. So, so in summary, I would just say, you want to find the level of exercise that's appropriate for you. Even when you go play, for example, I had one lady trying to play uh, pickleball with a guy that was like a world-class tennis player. And she totally flared her cuff trying to keep up with this guy, you know, because as she was doing, as she was returning the ball. He's like, oh, you're doing great. So he kept, he kept getting it harder and harder and harder. And pretty soon she had this massive inflammation of a rotator cuff. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. What's another favorite core exercise, Pat? When I look at that, you know, back to what we're talking about with activity, how you stiffened up when you didn't perform. If zero is no activity and a 10 is two hours of workout per day, as a person gets older, they can't go to the 10, they're going to highly inflame. They go to the zero, do nothing, they're going to stiffen right up. So where's the medium? Is it between the three and a six? Do you go to between the two and a half and a four and a half? Should you work out 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day? And what's the activity? I feel somebody should do something every day, minimum 10 to 20 minutes, maximum 40 minutes, okay, for beginners. And you have to do something you like, something you enjoy. If it's swimming and a person says, I don't want to go to the gym, I don't want to do any activity, just do nothing but swim. Go and swim. You'll get to an hour a day, whatever day. Back to a core exercise, one of the most basic, and it's almost impossible to injure yourself doing this activity and it's a very mild, basic activity, laying on your back, bending your knees, flexing, keeping your feet flat on the floor, and pretending and imagining your lower back kind of pushing a nail into the floor. So you squeeze, contract, hold for three, four, five, relax. Squeeze, four, five, relax. This is the most basic exercise for anyone who's never done any core activity. It doesn't, it doesn't promote injury unless you fall going down there or trying to get up at that point, but it is the most basic. And then you got more advanced ones, as Dave said, and then there's many, many other core activities. So what type of person are we talking about? An extreme beginner? We're talking about, you know, pickleball. What can one do that is safe and effective? So let's say they did this a set of 12 and they did that three times. They're going to be strengthening their core. Massively strengthen it? Absolutely not. But helping it? Yes, you would be. I mean, there are other apparatus machines that the gym people can do. It depends on what level that they're at. So the key that I have found, as Dave was saying, is that a lot of cross training I have found promotes the greatest injury in people because their bodies aren't in a good enough shape to perform at that high level. They haven't built up to it. It's too aggressive, too much, too soon. And that's where I see the injuries. Yeah. And psychologically, let me tell you, compare yourself to yourself. Don't compare yourself to some professional trainer on YouTube or Instagram, you want to compare yourself to yourself. Like, what did I do yesterday or the day before compared to what I'm doing today? You look at these people that do this for a living, it's all they do. And maybe while they're doing a thousand reps in a day, you're at your job teaching class at some school somewhere, you're standing on your feet, you're doing this. You don't have the time to do what they're doing. And so to compare yourself to them, 
is unrealistic. You've got to compare yourself to you. Where was I yesterday versus where I am today? And small changes aggregate to big results across time. That's a key to rehabilitation, for example. You might be able to barely move a leg after surgery, and two weeks later, you can move it two, three inches, and three weeks later, and then that aggregates, and across six months, you've got use of it back. And small changes across time really add up. And here's the thing. That time's going to pass whether you're doing something about your body getting in better shape or whether you're not, whether it's losing a half a pound a day or a pound a week or whatever for six months, that six months is going by whether you're doing something or not. You might as well be making those small changes across time. And if it's stretching your tendons and ligaments a little bit each day so you have some flexibility, strengthening your muscles where you have some stability, just a little bit each day across a couple of months, three months, four months can make a huge difference. And, and the key is the time, I have found. I have found that the number one reason people stop and don't adhere to their exercise program at the beginning of the year, they have maybe, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds or 20 pounds. It, I hardly ever hear that anyone say, I want to get in shape. It's just, I want to lose 10 pounds. So they can, we look in a 24-hour day. How many people say, do you have an, or how many people can say, yeah, I have an extra two hours per day in my life? No, people are just massively running around. They're just barely able to get through the day and get, get to bed and get up for the next day, whatever they're doing, taking care of families, children, uh, their own jobs, traveling, whatever it is. So they'll go to the gym and they'll spend a lot of time or they'll do certain things. And suddenly all the other things in their life are getting behind schedule. It says, I tried, I don't have the time to go to the gym. Well, you don't have to go to the gym. You can go for a walk for 20 minutes. You can do exercises at home. There's many, many exercises. You can do yoga at home. You can do yoga at a studio. Where do you plan it? How's your time management working? When are you going to do it? In the morning, at night, you know, plan your work, you know, and work your plan. Stick to something that's effective. Do something you enjoy. If you don't like going to the gym, you don't like doing weights, don't do it. You're not going to stick with it. You're going to get disappointed. You're going to feel guilty. You're going to get upset with yourself. What is something you can do? I, I like walking. Go for a 20-minute walk. Do not do a one or two-hour walk. Do a 20-minute walk, come back, perhaps some basic stretches that take five to seven minutes, maybe some two-pound, three-pound, four-pound weights, curl shoulder presses, something basic. If you stick with that, you're going to see the small changes that you said are going to aggregate to a large change in life. You're going to start feeling better. Wow, I haven't been doing this very long. I've been doing it consistently. And in three months, I did drop five, seven pounds. And I feel better. I sleep better. I think better. I'm better in my relationships. I'm performing better at work. And I'm happier with myself. Wow. Mental, physical, spiritual, however you want to go through. All areas of your life start to get improved. Your digestion, everything. So if you're able to stick with that now, do you want to increase the level by which you're doing something? Do you want to do something that's a little bit more aggressive? Do you want to do something that's more intense, more time-consuming? And can you change certain up? If there's all you want to do is walk or carry one pound, two pound weights and do curls while you're walking or come home and do them, at that point, that's all you do. You're doing something and you're getting improvement from it. And I found as people get older, the consistency of, of, of their, uh, their program is, is more important than what they're doing, how long are they doing it, just consistency, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, go do it, enjoy it, and have fun at it. Now it's sustainable. I'm so glad you said that because I don't want anybody to be intimidated by the task or what they want to do because they're not an athlete. You don't have to be an athlete to exercise. You don't have to be an athlete to get your body in the best shape that it can be. A lot of people are athletes, and you'll go to the track down at the high school, and you'll see somebody there that ran track at some college or something, and he or she's whipping around the track and stuff. And I'm going like, yeah, let me tell you, you ever see me running through the neighborhood? Shoot whoever is directly behind me because <laughs> I'm not jogging. <laughs> I'm escaping. Somebody's chasing me. I hate jogging. I expend more energy doing something I enjoy like playing tennis. I would never do that on a treadmill. I would never do it on the street. My knees wouldn't let me do that. But on a tennis court, I'll put out the energy, the effort, because I enjoy doing it. I enjoy the camaraderie, the guys that I'm hanging with. I enjoy the competition. I enjoy 
trying to perfect the strokes and hitting the ball, that sort of thing. But the repetition of just getting on the road and running down the road, it's like, oh, God, kill me now. I wouldn't do it. Some studies say only 8% of people keep their resolutions by the middle of February. Hmm. And the way to overcome that is set your environment up to support your goals. So maybe it's as simple as parking in the worst parking place you can find instead of the best. When you get to work, park in the far end of the parking lot so you build in that walk back and forth. Maybe you keep a couple of pound weights in the floorboard of your car so you carry those on the way and you change shoes when you get in there. You wear sneakers so you can walk. Set your environment up to support what you want to do. and. If you'll figure a way that it's easy instead of hard, then you can do it. I said last week, you can walk in right now to my desk in the house, and there's a pair of 15-pound dumbbells sitting on my desk. Because while I'm reading something, I'll get a set of curls in, I'll get a set of triceps in or something while I'm reading. I may not have time to go up to the gym, but throughout the day, I'll get in eight sets of flies or shoulder yeah, raises that's, or that's like pat's saying he's talking about the consistency of it uh-huh. i think the important thing is people that do consider joining gyms make sure the gym is easily accessible you know there's been plenty of plenty of research that says the farther the gym is away from you the less likely you're going to be able to get there um uh the second thing i would say is to set realistic expectations don't expect change overnight it's a process and, and and this is what Pat's talking about, the consistency of it and what you're saying, the consistency of it will, will, will pay off in dividends in time. Um, uh, nutritionally, right? If you make certain, uh, certain nutritional changes, for example, that six days out of the week, you eat really well, right? You have your proteins, you have your, your, your vegetables, a little fruits. Um, and on one day a week, you just let yourself binge, that one day, a cheat day, a cheat meal, right? That will make all the difference in the world. Because you know, I got that, that cheat day is coming up on Saturday. I'm going to stay tight to Saturday. And the more you do that, the more it reinforces the positive behavior, the better success you're going to have. Then you start to see the actual changes where you, you've got increased lean body mass, your body fat's coming down. Pat's talking about the alertness, right? Um, uh, and, the, and the energy just generally increases. And, and the last thing I would say is make sure you're drinking plenty of water. Most of us don't drink nearly enough water. And, and, and oftentimes just drinking water makes people more alert and, and more energetic. And, and the key to the drinking water, because I've, well, you know, I said, go ahead, just fill it up, put it at your desk where you work, whatever it is, where you are, we're spending most of your time and leave there. Well, I don't like the taste of water. Okay. How about some herbal tea, you know, peach flavored tea, or put some lemon in it, or can you make something that you're drinking the water and you're changing the flavor a bit. You know, it doesn't have to be um, carbonated. You can get non-sugar drinks, but then suddenly they have other chemicals that aren't good for your body. But the key is a, is a consistency, consistency, and you could be doing your exercise and you're finding there's no changes in your body whatsoever. Suddenly stick with it three weeks, four weeks, or six weeks, and almost in one week you're like, how did I just lose three pounds? Boy, I'm feeling better because initially the body's sensing stress. It's, it's, it's holding the weight it's holding the toxins in because it doesn't want to release that it's sensing stress as it says oh wow this is good for me and it's not overexertion now it can say i can eliminate the toxins within my body so that's why some people don't stick with it and the others i said as dave said the gym how far it is what's your time commitment have your plan Huge. work your plan it's got to be that's why i start people don't do any more than 15 to 20 minutes maximum 25. well yeah how many times do you see it though you, you, people get to the gym right and then they know a bunch of people there and they, they talk half the time, right? So, so what I would say is have, have in your mind what you want to accomplish that day and how long you're going to be there. Right. And, 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 and stay away from the cell phone other than just give yourself some music because you know, usually what ends, ends up happening is they're distracted by texts and they're texting all at the whole session and pretty soon the time's gone and I've accomplished nothing. So I think just, just having an idea what you want to accomplish that day. I'm going to be in there 35, 40 minutes, like Pat's saying. As you get in better shape, you'll be there a little longer. Might and, be and, an hour, yeah. hour and 15. And for some people, you yeah. know, going to the gym is a social environment. They see all their friends. That's, that's their community. 
And that's, uh, that's something different, you know, than we're talking about. That's also healthy too, because you have your community where you're associated with other people. So let's say they work till five, they get to the gym at six, they're there till 8.30. That's their lifestyle. That's what they love. That's great for them. That's not work, you know, but then we say someone does nothing versus the Olympic athlete. Where does one person fall and is it doable, sustainable right. and enjoyable? Sure. And are you feeling good about yourself? It's mm -hmm. key. Yeah, if there was one thing that I would point to, it's getting an attitude that you're in control. Nobody's making you do this. When you decide, all right, this is 2023. I'm going to be who I am on purpose. I'm going to decide what I'm going to do. If you own it, if you own the plan, then there's nothing to rebel against. Like you say, you got a cheat day coming up or whatever. If you own the plan, who are you rebelling against? There's nobody to fight back against. All I'm saying is I want people to say, all right, look, if I've made this resolution, if I'm going to get more active or whatever, I just want to do it in a way that I'm not going to hurt myself. I'm not going to injure myself because, A, that makes you inactive again, and it's real hard to get started once you get inert. How do you get an elephant up once it lays down? You don't. It's real hard. So I want people to go at this in a way that they're able to succeed. Like I say, we talked about pickleball kind of sweeping the nation right now. My good friend in Dallas, Tom Dundon, just purchased professional pickleball leagues. And I introduced him to my other good friend, Ken Solomon, who runs Tennis Channel and brought them together so they can start televising all of this kind of stuff. I'm a big fan of it. But if people will just go through a few of the things you guys are talking about, then they can enjoy it and not wind up hurting themselves. And then so they went, well, I can't do that. I injure myself if I do it. No, you injure yourself if you don't do it right. You just got to do some things where you ease into it. And because it's fun, you don't have to go play eight hours on Saturday, ease into it and go about it and decide what's my philosophy going to be. It's different things for different folks. I made a decision some time ago with regard to food control. I just made the decision that if I sit down to eat something and it's not really good, I just don't eat it. I made that decision. Like, if something's really good, I'll eat it. If it's not good, I used to just sit down and I would eat something just because it was there. And then I made a decision, if this isn't really good, I ain't eating it. <laughs> and I just push, no thanks. I take two bites. This is not really good. I'm going to eat it. I can't tell you what a difference that's made. Just deciding I'm only going to eat if it's really, really good. So where's the difference for you? What's it been not, when you say it's made a difference, so you're not consuming calories that you didn't want or right. anybody? That kind I'm of not thing. wasting them on something that's not really yeah. good. Okay. So I go get something that's dry or it's like tougher than a boot. I just don't eat it. No, <laughs> thanks. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. So do you put something in its place or is this, you know exactly what you like and that's your, that's yeah, your diet? I just kind of, well, yeah, I'll get it next time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. okay. Cause half the time I'm really not all that hungry. So I'll eat a little bit and then move on. It doesn't take much surprisingly. So I stopped eating things I don't really want. It was a very simple switch to flip and it's made a huge difference. So what's your personal switch? It's the same thing about this exercise and getting active. Do it, just do it right, and set your environment up to support it. You know, you know, uh, I keep this keeps coming to my uh, into my head as you're talking. I'm sure Pat will back this up, but because of the COVID pandemic, um, the number of patients I had coming in with neck and back problems from sitting computers all day long, television, you know. Did you see an increase in, in neck and low back? Yeah, neck? I, I'd, I'd see the ones that were coming in pre-COVID, they came in with a different condition. <laughs> and the ones that uh, were, you know, like had back problems come in now, neck problems, they're more at the computer. They're going, why, why are you having neck problems? Is you weren't having this before. You worked at a computer from work. Well, I'm on my bed and it's a flip top and I go in different positions and I'm looking down. Okay, well, we That's have to set up up. your ergonomics. You have yeah. to set the proper table. Well, I'm at my dining room table or kitchen table and the chair is not really that good and it's too high or too low. And so the, the, the dynamics, the biomechanics are ergonomics are poor. So you have to set up that station. 
And I just like what you're saying that. And it just, it's the safety and you got to do what you like. But, but, but the other thing about that though, is during the pandemic, a lot of people were less active. Some yes. people took it the opposite direction. Also, a great chance to go hiking and get that was for me, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. But 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 I, I think the majority of the people were fearful to go out, so they became less active. Which, to your point, become active, go for a walk, yeah. like you're saying. I think walking totally. is one of the greatest, easiest things anyone can do. Now, when it's cold outside, okay, up in the north, wintertime, how am I going to go outside? It's cold. Well, once again, you can go to go to the internet. And you can do certain activities, whether it's a yoga class or something for 15, 20 minutes, you know, uh, activities that you can do that are still very, very healthy for you and enjoyable. Set it. When are you going to do it? In the morning, afternoon, evening, you have children. What's the, what's the plan? Yeah, but getting outside, I think people overreact. I would see people in their car alone with a mask on. Yeah. Robin said it, Rel. We were sitting next to somebody at a light in a car alone, with the windows up, wearing a mask. <laughs> and she said, that person reads the directions on Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I mean, come on. You got to have some common sense. If you're out walking in the forest alone with a mask on, come on. It actually causes more harm than good because yeah, you're bringing right, less no. oxygenated less, blood up to the yeah, brain and exactly. many, many factors in that sort. And, but, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, uh, you know, it's a fear factor. Where are we now? Where would we be tomorrow? I don't know, but take care of yourself is all I'm saying. As we go into this, I wanted to hear from you guys. I love what y'all are saying about getting functionally ready for what you're doing and not blowing yourself out as you get into these activities. We're in wintertime now, but we're going to be through this in no time and getting back out there. And now is a good time. If you're up in the Northeast or even in the Northwest right now and you've got cabin fever, great time to start building your core. Great time to start doing some of these functional exercises to get yourself ready to get out. And for God's sakes, don't have a heart attack shoveling snow. That's an intensity that we're just not ready for. You know, in the sports medicine world, there's what's called specificity of training. So if I'm going to do a certain movement playing tennis, basketball, what have you, you want to try and incorporate activities that are going to lean toward improving that skill set. The second thing that I see is, is uh, you have to take in mind adaptation. And I can't tell you the number of patients, I'm sure you can agree with this, um, that come in and, and they're doing the same routine, the same number of sets, the same weights for years, right? So at that point, your body's not going to adapt. So if you're going to slowly increase your walking time, you have to slowly increase the time. You can't keep it at 15 minutes and expect that to improve unless you add hills to it or you add increased cadence or walking faster. Um, and you have, to, you, have to, you have to have goals in mind of how you're going to progress that activity. And that's really key. And listen to your body. If something's hurting you, don't do the same thing the next day. Give yourself a day off. Rest. Yeah. Break. Yeah. Do something different. The key, once again, it's, it's, it's what you think, what you eat, what you do. You've got to have body movement, okay, at, at, at any age. As much, and you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to inflame the areas. What you're eating, as you said, if you don't like it, you don't eat it. Is there portion control? And then what you're thinking, if you're having a plan and you're in control, you said, Bill, of your life, and you are the master of how you're going to do it, now you're doing it and is it enjoyable, it's sustainable. It's sustainable and it's effective and you feel better about yourself. Now, as you're doing those things, and as Dave said, you change activities, you add times, you change, and you can modify what you're doing specifically to that activity that you're doing. If I want to swim a lot, all right, what are swimming exercises I can do? Is you look them up on the internet, look over to YouTube, whatever you can do to help increase your strength and flexibility so you can pour that activity to a higher level, and then you'll feel a greater form of accomplishment for yourself. Yeah, and you've got to take the time, and you guys are witnesses how many hours a week have I spent over the years taking care of my body, my joints, my back? It's a big commitment for you too. It is. And I'm as busy as I can be, but I'll still take, you know, four or five hours a week to come over here with you guys and do the work. Well, the analogy I like to use is that if you're driving a car every day, you've got to get the oil changed every six months, right? And it just keeps going. But if you're going to live your life like you're driving and it's an Indy car or a Formula One car, uh -huh. you're going around the lap eight times, you're pulling in, I need half a pound of pressure in the right rear tire. They feel that, they know that. It's a finely tuned vehicle. 
It's performance, high performance. In order to sustain that high performance and not have damage or trauma to that vehicle and cause an accident or not be able to finish the race at a high performance level, you have to get that maintenance and support on it. If you don't do that with your body performing at a high level that you do, playing over 300 days a year, you're not going to sustain it. And what happens if you can't play tennis and you're injured? You don't feel good about yourself. You're not happy. You're stressed out. You're frustrated. So you do what it takes to get to that level. Yeah. And it's the same thing when I go on the stage. Sometimes I'll plan to be on stage for two hours and things will get layered and complex and I'm there for four and a half. And you got to be in shape to do that. You know, you got to be mentally sharp. You got to have the physical endurance. And if you don't have sleep and hydration and muscle tone and all that, you can't do it. To me, it's just a matter of I got to be in shape to do what I do. You wouldn't think so because it seems like I'm sitting there in a stool talking to people, but you better be alert. And to do that, you got to be in shape. You got to be sharp. You can't be like, because you can't afford to miss things. To do that, I got to take the time to take care of me. And I hope everybody will think about if you're a parent and you got kids, you got responsibilities, you got to take care of yourself so you can take care of others. That's just an important message. And it's not selfish to put yourself at the top of the list. Because if you let yourself get emotionally bankrupt, if you let yourself get physically bankrupt, you're cheating everybody that loves you and that you love. You've got to take care of yourself so you can take care of everybody else. Guys, thanks for talking to me today. You're welcome. That's Thank great. you for it's having important us. information for people going into 2023. Because if you want to be the best that you can be in 23, you got to do the work to take care of yourself. Consistency. Yeah. Yeah. And start small. You know, like if it's, if it's a 10 minute walk, three, five, three to five times a week, just do it. 10 yeah. minute walk. That's it. Yeah. Movement. It adds up. And you guys live what you preach. I got to say, we've been working together for 20 years. I've watched you guys practice what you preach. You take care of yourselves and me. So I'm glad. <laughs> Dave, your clinic is here in LA. What's the specific name of it, Fabrizio? Physical therapy, sports medicine, and pizzeria. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right over in Century City, and you can find him on the internet, and there'll be a link on the website. It's not just him. He's got a great team of great professionals, and it is a high, high standard to become part of the Fabrizio team. You guys do great work. Pat, your practice is here in L.A. as well. You've got a great team over there. I'm going to put all of your links on my website as well. I know you guys are as busy as you can be, but come on, you can take some new people. <laughs> oh, sure. From time to time. Mm -hmm. Really, they're the best of the best. I wouldn't be seeing them, and I've been seeing these guys for 20 years, and they were on the top of the food chain when I found them. They certainly have stayed there, so... Highly recommend if you need this kind of work, then uh, these are the guys to talk to. So thanks for tuning in. Listen to what we're saying here, and we'll have a summary of the top things we talked about here. But make 23 the year you take control of your body, you take care of your health, and do it in a way that will become lasting. We don't break habits. We replace one set of behaviors with a new set of behaviors. And we're talking about a new set of behaviors here so it can be lasting. Compare yourself to you, not somebody else. We'll talk soon. So long. <laughs>